Welcome to the Governance Freffy podcast, brought to you in conjunction with the Skills and Education Group. So I'm delighted to be joined today by Kay White. Kay is known as the Smart Career Moves Mentor for Corporate Women and is the author of two number one best-selling books, The A to Z of Being Understood and It's Always Your Move. Drawing upon the highs and lows of her own 20-plus year corporate career in insurance broking at Willis, London, starting as secretary and leaving as a divisional director, Kay set up her own coaching and mentoring business in 2006. She brings her passion and experience for the energy of language, the art of influence and persuasion, and making strategic, considered and consistent personal career decisions to her corporate career women clients around the world. Her aim is to boost her clients' best chances for promotion and being paid more money without selling their soul. Kay is in the second year of providing coaching to governance professionals in further education through the Education and Training Foundation. So welcome, Kay. Thank you, Fiona. What a warm welcome. And it's nice to work with you in this way. Great. It's great to have you here. So thank you. So let's start with a a general discussion then about the use and benefit of coaching to executives in positions of influence within their organisation. What would you say are the key benefits that coaching can bring? Well, someone actually said it to me this morning, Fiona. She said, I so appreciate this safe space, which tells you a lot of things. A, safe I trusted and I'm not going to be judged and it doesn't matter exactly what I say. I can just say it as it is rather than having to second guess yourself. And space, which coaching carves, makes you by its very definition carve out some time to think about what's going on. So you kind of sit in the stands like on a tennis court and watch court action rather than on the court where you're playing, be it around the board table or running your team. And so one of the overarching, whatever comes out of the coaching is as a result of the time and space you give yourself to think. Yeah, and that's such a rarity, isn't it, in our busy lives that we lead these days, uh, making that time and space to have those conversations. Well, someone said the other day, actually, you don't keep driving your car because the, the petrol light's flashing and you don't keep driving because you haven't got time to stop because you know it's going to run out of fuel and then you're going to stop anyway. And it's the same idea of, oh, I haven't got time to sit and talk to it. And actually, when someone does take that time and they either find me privately or through a corporate organisation where I've been brought in, it's the kind of relief of actually having someone. And I've had people be quite resistant to it, Fiona, as far as, you know, I don't know what I'm here for, I don't need coaching. And I said, well, and I will take the attitude of, well, that's absolutely fine. I'm getting paid anyway. So we could sit and chat about the football scores or, you know, what sort of been, what box that you're watching, or we could actually dig into what's going on for you that could be making you so resistant, mm-hmm. which does actually, because you have to be very aware, Fiona, like, like you do in a board position, you have to be really clear about what you're there to do and not get thrown off by other people's mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's a bit like um, what I think about exercise. It's like, not that I don't have time to do it, it's that I can't not do it when you get to a certain age. So yeah, I once heard someone say, I think it was Esther Perel, that we're either raised for autonomy or raised for loyalty. And I was thinking about this when I was preparing for the podcast. 
Uh, and if, like me, mm. you're, you were raised for autonomy, which is very common in our Western society, when, you know, you're perhaps struggling in a situation, your first point of call is to think, how can I solve this? Whereas if you're raised for loyalty, which is much more common in sort of Middle, Middle Eastern and Far Eastern society, when you're struggling, your first thought is, who can help me? You know, so I don't mind admitting that I'm pr- not the best person to ask for help, almost that somehow it seems a bit of a failure to have to do so. I mean, how can we get past that? Is there more that organisations can be doing to promote the role of a mentor or a coach, do you think? I think by setting example is one way. So being quite open that, you know, management has been through a coaching um, course that they are promoting internal coaches. I do find that a lot of people inside organisations don't necessarily want to work with the coach that works with inside the organisation, you know, someone who has been taking some training, because they are naturally going to have more of a, a steer, if you like, and to, to be less independent by virtue of the fact that they, they can't be. Um, but I do think to be open about I've said to clients before I you know I really encourage you to talk about you know your coach or your mentor and actually you know one of the things that came out of my coaching recently because you normalize it for other people and showing that you're not you know you're not knowing everything and saying that you do take this time encourages others to think well perhaps I could do that yeah, absolutely. I was thinking, you know, just as you were speaking there, reflecting on where this need sort of for coaching has come from. And I wonder if it's particularly pertinent, for example, to our sector, which is very much about doing passionate work. You know, it's a job you do for the love, not for the money. And people are very passionate about it. Um, sort of passionate work used to be the privilege of artists rather than sort of factory work. <laughs> you know, through the age of industrialization, it wasn't really the case. And it seems that never before if we wanted to get so much from our work, you know, it's a purpose, sense of purpose, sense of meaning, community belonging all those things but that kind of leaves us a bit open doesn't it to disillusion and and disruption especially if we sort of wrap up our identity or our value with our work you know what what are your thoughts on this sort of explosion if you like of coaching in business in recent times I think it's it's been more gradual because I when I was first introduced or steered towards coaching in 2005 it was by an ex-colleague and I met up with him for lunch and I thought, what's happened to you? You seem so different. And I didn't say anything at first, but he was asking me questions. He was much more curious. He was more open. He wasn't banging on about himself, which, let's be honest, he could do in the past. And I thought, what's happened to you? So I said to him, you know, James, what's happened to you? You seem different. And he said, I've had a coach. <clears throat> I've had coaching for the last six months, I think it was. And I didn't really know what that was. I said, well, what does that look like in 2005? And at the time, a coach was some, you know, automobile that you potentially went to school on. And suddenly (laughs) he said to me, Mm. he literally said to me, well, look it up. So I went home, looked it up, found an organization that was offering it, you know, a starter weekend and booked myself on it because I just thought, and he said I reminded him of his coach, And I just thought that is the direction I want to go. I'd left Willis at the time. I knew I needed to do something different. I couldn't do what I was doing anymore. And I just always had um, in my my office, I had Kay's Corner. And 
people, a lot of men, would come and sit with me in the corner like, oh, this is going on, Kay, and this is going on, or what do you reckon? And, and I had this natural way of being able to help people open up. And it's a kind of, which is what I do in my work. I was actually saying it to a client this morning, a governance professional in one of the big um, FE organizations. I was saying, I use lightness, but there's nothing light about what I'm doing. So I don't, I'm not terribly sort of, hmm. well, you must everything that's going on and, you know, how did you get to this stage? It's very much like, well, okay, what do you know about that? Or how do you know so-and-so is difficult? Or what, you know, there's a sort of light approach. <clears throat> and when I went on that weekend, Fiona, I, I know I've come home. I just know. Um, and to answer your original question is <clears throat> I think businesses realise that you can train and train and train, but actually you really do need to take people into a safe space to think about mm. things because often they they need to do they just haven't done it or haven't got the courage to do it or haven't thought of the way to do it or how to say it and so that's why i believe the investment is really a, a strong one because it's not you know another training course where you sit there and just take stuff in you literally have to take part yeah, that's really helpful. Thank you. So let's sort of get on to FE then. Uh, as I mentioned in the intro, you've been working with governance professionals in the FE sector uh, and preserving confidences. Are there any clear themes emerging from those that you're talking to? And like you mentioned earlier, I really want to share this as I think it's important that people in any role realise that they are most likely to be not the only one that's having that experience and that they're currently going through. I suppose the trends, if you like, have been, if I was to pick three, the first one is to really own the power of your role. You're not there to be a mate, you're not there to be a friend, and you're not there necessarily to be liked. It's not always particularly a female trait to think to yourself that actually, as long as you respect me, I don't need you to like me. And so... One of the big things that I've worked on with a number of government professionals is that ability to say the tough stuff, to know that you're there for a reason. You're like a lighthouse keeping this great big cruise liner away from the rocks. You're there because you have to be there. You are not a safe organisation without it. And <clears throat> being able to make people clear that you're not a nice to have, you're there to actually really keep the organisation safe. Um, is about sometimes people not liking what you're saying. They don't like what you're saying and they don't necessarily like you. But as I've, I asked someone this very morning, um, Fiona, do you like everyone? And she laughed and said, no. <laughs> and I said, I bet you can work alongside them and you can be polite to them, but you don't have to like them. So kind of the same road. Why should everybody like you? It doesn't really matter it's more about what you're there to do and having the courage to do it um and <clears throat> another of the trends and i want to use this quote by eleanor roosevelt who was obviously uh, the wife of the president at the time and she said no one can make you feel inferior without your consent now that is a big observation and something that when you take it on you think and you start saying things like, or you notice yourself saying things like, oh, the chair always makes me feel, or, you know, the, pr the principal makes me feel, or I always get so flustered or um, 
tongue-tied when I'm in front of the senior management team. I, you know, They make me feel, it's like, hang on a minute, if you recognise that you're allowing that by thinking that they know better than you or that they're smarter than you or that you don't know as much as you know you do, then you are giving your consent to feel this way and you can change that. And that's been one of the trends I've worked on, that whole mm. being more mm-hmm. courageous, having more courage of your convictions of what's right and what's to do. Um, another of the trends is not being heard, you know, being around the table or being and not necessarily being able to get their point across. Some of that comes down to being too wordy. And I'm not saying that you don't need the detail because the devil is in the detail, but you don't always need to give everybody all the detail in the moment. And I would always say to start like a pyramid inverted, a lot of particularly women, we start at the bottom with all the detail. If you think about building up to the point, you know, what you have to understand and back in the day, all along and Rather than, and then they eventually hope that they'll get to the point, or the audience does. Whereas if you start with the point, literally turn the pyramid over and build up to the detail. You've always got the detail, but start with the point. Um, that's often the easiest way to start to get heard, to go right in with the point. You know, this is off track. We're not compliant. This is something that puts us very much at risk. The Ofsted is only in you know, X many weeks, and we're not doing this, this, and this. Let's have this discussion sort of thing rather than softening it. Um, and also the other thing, Fiona, I've really noticed is how, by definition, you're outside of the teams. And it can be lonely. And I've worked with a couple of women recently who came in from corporates where they were part of a team, where they did all sorts of things together and brainstorming and all sorts of things and feel quite an outsider. But that is really what the role demands you to be independent and working across the teams versus part of any particular one. Okay, that, that's really interesting to hear. And I love that visual about the pyramid. Um, fantastic visual there. Thank you for sharing that. That's really helpful. Um, and obviously, you know, it's great that you're working still with governance professionals. Um, your contract's been renewed and you're doing more work with them, um, which shows that there's obviously some impact from the work that you're doing, which is great. What sort of benefit or impact are you hearing uh, or getting feedback on that um, governance professionals um, are benefiting from the work that you're doing with them? Oh, <laughs> I would say courage has come as a big thing. I've, I can't remember how many times I may have said this, and I, I would never say I want to record it because it's it's much more powerful to hear it personalised for you. But but to say, people often say to me they want more confidence, and confidence is a byproduct. Mm-hmm. You can't get more confidence. You can't, you know, he's got more confidence than I have, or I wish I had more confidence, or I haven't got as much confidence as I used to. So talk about it in quantity, and in fact, confidence is a byproduct of certain things that you do that manifest as confidence. And so some of the feedback I've had, because when you break that down, I break it down into worthiness, feeling worthy to be there, to have the right to be there, mm-hmm. to have something to say, to have something of value, to have um, <clears throat> less caring less about what everyone else thinks and caring more about what you think and trusting that. 
and also mm-hmm. about um well letting go is another one that manifests as confidence because if you don't care as much about what everyone thinks or if you get something slightly off most of the time you'll be able to correct it you don't have to throw yourself on the floor and to either say yeah actually you're right let me check on that <laughs> or actually yeah I invited you yesterday let me come back to you on that later or yeah I hear you and that's a great question I hadn't thought about that but give me until two o'clock this afternoon you know so there's it manifests itself as confidence when you're able to be more present to what's actually going on rather than thinking you have to know it all and that is one of the big mm-hmm. results I have had governance professionals push back on behaviours um, by saying, you know, having a meeting with the chair or the principal. Um, another one has resigned because she was like, I, when I heard myself talk to you, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't push a rock up a hill. Staying within the profession, just not within the organisation, because you can only change so much by changing yourself. But if the culture of the organisation isn't going to fit and isn't prepared to change then you have to vote with your own thoughts and that you know Mm. again giving her the confidence the courage to say you know what that's this isn't good enough um another trend has been carving out time being more boundary aware to be able to say no and how to say it to to your point fiona at first when you're you're asking for help, not necessarily saying, help, I can't cope, but actually sitting down with someone and just saying, this is what's on on my, this is the time I have. And, you know, these are the hours that I'm currently working. This is what I know needs doing. I need somebody else to look at this with me to work out if I'm actually prioritizing because this, you know, is critical that we, if I drop something, we know because this isn't going to fit. So, being able to involve others, but also at the same time mm. you're setting about when you're doing that. So those are the kind of, and they all, if you think about it, Fiona, as I'm saying, they come back to having more courage in, of your you know, abilities and your conviction that you have a role and it's important and you also have a life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, um, so many of those resonate and I think they'll probably resonate with a lot of people um, in our audience, regardless of what their role is. Um, you know, you can see, you know, as you're speaking about that now, the huge benefit to taking time out and having those conversations with somebody um, and the value that that can bring. Um, so, so, yeah, that, that's really helpful. Thank you. We met me on iTunes on my podcast. And I have recorded over 100 podcasts that are sitting there on iTunes, show up, sparkle and be heard at work. And one of the things by doing a podcast like that, and obviously like this for you, is you are there for when someone needs you. And one of the big things is to make help them find you. And when you found me, Fiona, you dropped me a note and this is when you're obviously at ETF and asked me if I'd be interested in some form of support and what that could look like. And we created something last year between us that worked. And even though you've left, we've created a similar idea this year. But what was interesting this year is there was a directive to go across more 
governance professionals as possible. So investing in the same amount of time, but sharing more widely. <clears throat> and there's still a waiting list. So I think that tells you the need is there. Certainly the openness to it is there. Um, and I think it's uh, such a mm -hmm. bonus if you can have one and virtually every time i've emailed someone and said you know your application's been successful here's here's your questions and here's my diary the person has come back with oh i'm so excited and i'm a bit scared and how exciting and can i mm -hmm. so i think it's a very positive thing and it's a when you think of the importance of the role and the potential of replacing people or the exposure that can happen when someone isn't feeling that they can speak up the investment for the work is not yes hope that um they it's continued to be invested in um because as you say there's quite clearly a need and it's not just the need for uh, the benefit for the individual is it it goes mm. way 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 beyond that um it's the benefit um for the whole organization given how wide-reaching in particular the role of the governance professional mm -hmm. is so I know, you know, you're highly sought after in the coaching world um, and I expect people want to find out more about how they can access you. You've mentioned the iTunes series, which I continue to listen to because I like having you sitting on my shoulder, <laughs> even though you're not physically there, you're in my ear. Um, so where can they go to find you? What resources can they access? Well, as you say, on iTunes, that show up sparkle and be heard at work. Um, but also, if you go to my website, which is kwhite.com, one word dot com um there is a way to take two chapters one from each of my books that i've chosen really valuable chapters i didn't choose to sort of give a fluffy piece of introduction it's like from the a to z of being understood it's cue for questions the power of questions and using questions to settle yourself to dig in with someone to not let somebody off the hook, <laughs> um, to use open questions and closed questions and when. And then the other chapter is from It's Always Your Move, and that's the uh, how to uh, show up in interviews and appraisals, the idea of being how you prepare, how you actually are in the actual interview or one-to-one, -one, because it's not just an interview. Um, a one-to-one -one is just as important, preparing it, preparing the person who's actually going to interview or appraise you preparing them is a key part so you can go to kwhite.com forward slash chapters just the word chapters so kwhite.com forward slash chapters and you can drop in your email and i will send you my system sends you two chapters there and then and you also then will receive my weekly e-zine which is an observation or me giving you something that's happened this week that might support you so i know you receive that too fiona and I write it as I think, what am I going to write about this week? And out it comes. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic. I would highly uh, recommend the um, the podcast series, uh, the iTunes series um, to anyone who's interested in this work. And, you know, I really want to thank you, Kay, for, for the time and contribution you're making to our sector obviously i know a lot of governance professionals in the sector who you know have taken advantage of this offer through the etf um, and are highly complimentary of the time that they've spent with you so thank oh, you very thank much you, Fiona. do we have time to mention the word sparkle i'd love to hear why you've got sparkle Kay. tell me about your sparkle just share with yeah. you 
where and how I introduce the word sparkle into my business. So the podcast is yeah. show up, sparkle and be heard at work. I realise that because as much as I love a bit of bling and you've complimented me on my, <laughs> my necklaces before and things like that. But at the same time, it's not about wearing sequins. It's about allowing yourself to be seen, allowing yourself to come forward, to be important, to not to dress in a certain way. I'm never advocating how you should dress. You have to dress it comfortable and what your day is about. But allowing yourself to sparkle, to actually show up and shine, to actually be the best version of yourself, that's what my sparkle word and that's where it came from fantastic Kay. thank you so much for your time thank you for being part of the governance refi podcast and i look forward to continue to work with you thank you fiona lovely to be with you thank you for joining us on the governance refi podcast visit our website governancerefi.co.uk where you can find all the podcast episodes and a whole lot more information on governance in the fe and skills sector This podcast was sponsored by the Skills and Education Group. Information on their qualifications, funding opportunities, professional development programmes and initiatives in support of teaching, learning and assessment can be found on their website at skillsandeducationgroup.co.uk.